What it do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Dr. Sherelle MacArthur from Beyond Life Coaching. How you doing today, Dr. Mac? Hello, all. Hi, Kendrick. How are you? I'm okay. I, I wanted to say thank you for taking some time out today um, to give us some background on all of the awesome stuff that you're doing to support uh, ladies of color or women of color. I just wanted to say thank you for that today having me thank you All for right. having me and so as we jump right into things can you give me a little bit of background about yourself and um how did the beyond brand come about yeah so me dr mac is the beyond well coach i am sherelle MacArthur, phd from stone mountain georgia and hbcu alum of grambling state university a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, mother to an incredible eight-year-old son. I'm a researcher, writer, professor, a speaker, and owner of Beyond Life Coaching, where I'm an integrative wellness and life coach. Uh, The brand, the name, which you were asking me about, Beyond, came about um, when I was completing my dissertation studies, and I was creating a critical media literacy collective at the time for black high school girls. And I decided on the name Beyond Your Perception because I had to think about myself and how I didn't fit into this box of black womanhood that was prescribed for me, that's prescribed for us. And so I made the assumption that the girls that I was going to encounter, and I didn't know them at the time, that they also were not going to be this stereotype of black girlhood. And I assumed correct, right? Um, because we all do what we do, how we do it. Um, and we, we're we not the stereotype that we didn't create those anyway. Um, so Beyond Your Perception was the title of my dissertation. And since that time, I've continued to facilitate girls groups under that name, Beyond Your Perception. And when I created a the business, um, Beyond made sense to me. And it makes sense in the way of when I'm working and coaching women and girls, what is it that they're ready to live beyond? Um, As a coach, they are, you know, I'm working with them to live beyond their past, their anxieties, their procrastination, their limiting beliefs, their fears, right? So I'm striving to help them become their full, whole, healed selves. That's living beyond. I love that. What what an awesome cause and what a great explanation of how things came about, Doc. Um, I appreciate that. And so as we talk about that and getting more into the beyond, uh, what are some of the topics that you support uh, women of color on, like that you're working on at this time? Oh, I support my clients through the things they want and need support on. Um, It varies from client to client. I work, uh, I support women and girls with one-on-one coaching. I also support um, men and women with grief support due to the varied losses that I have encountered in my own life. Um, in addition to mother-daughter support. So uh, when I decided that I wanted to formally offer services, mother-daughter relationships was one of those things that um, became center for me. 
Um, I love my mother dearly. There's still tension there. And we are aware of it. We speak about it. We, uh, you know, it's an ongoing conversation for our wellness individually and as a mother-daughter unit. And as I've, you know, been brunching with girlfriends and talking, their mothers were coming up. When I do this work with girls, their mothers were coming up. So I said, well, there's something about this mother-daughter relationship. And so I also service clients in mother-daughter duos. Mm. I'm with a, a duo last week. I wasn't with them. I was with them virtually. Yeah. But I was with a duo last week, uh, an adult mother-daughter um, who just needed support because they had hit a, a place in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the... The things that they want to need support through, a healer is not someone that you go to for healing. A healer is someone who triggers within you your own ability to heal yourself. Mm. So my objective is to be a tour guide on their journey. My objective is to be a sounding board, a cheerleader, a support system. So as an integrative wellness and life coach, I help women and girls achieve their goals, whatever those look like, self-development, personal relationships, professional, specifically focusing on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual areas um, of their life. Mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. The, the um, you know, and especially in our community, the mother-daughter relationship is so important you know uh, I, I think about my family or other families you know and it's it's always that tension i don't know why but that is something that's a reality and so yeah. for you to bring that up uh, and for people to even hear that that is one of your areas i hope that just that alone helps someone to at least contact you and, and kind of you know start that process i got a few references i may make myself please oh. please do yes <laughs> please do Bye. We aren't well unless we're all well, right? Amen. So, I agree. All right. So talk to me about the uh, what got you into the work of working with women of color. And uh, why do you feel that this work is so important to you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I shared that I went through myriad experiences <laughs> that uh, allow me to have, you know, empathy and sympathy. Right. For clients, I've, I've walked through the what I call the valley of the shadow of death. Well, I don't call it that. Right. But I say that I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And so now I have an understanding. And so part of that understanding uh, that as my ex- experience as a woman and my experience as a black woman is different from others and looking to find mental health support is easy. <laughs> it's easy to find a mental health professional who's white it's harder to find a mental health care professional who's a person of color it's even harder to find a mental health care professional who's black and what's needed and necessary is for healthcare professionals who not only understand the mental emotional physical and the spiritual but also that i'm mad today that ahmaud arbery went jogging and he didn't make it home and i don't and we don't want to have to debate legality or let's wait to see if the justice system will be on the side of justice this time. What they want to say is, I'm sick and tired of this. And that person to understand them without having to define race and racism and and my position in this racialized gendered body. 
And so that's why I have centered women and girls of color in my practice, uh, because I can't say that there's a gap and not be willing to fill it. I agree. And so I, I know that you talked about um, you were there with your clients virtually. And so oh. that brings us up to, you know, what's been going on and how have you had to adapt business uh, to deal with the stay at home or the pandemic? And how's that going for you? I have been able to adapt fairly easy because we telehealth. We can still see each other and work through coaching that way. One of the benefits of being a coach, right? Because I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist. I do not diagnose, I do not treat. I do work on core issues and aiding you to achieving your goals. But one of the benefits of me being a coach is that, for example, if I have a client that has a variety of goals and one of those is fitness, you know, Doc, I don't have enough time to get in fitness but she and I are working together. Well, then let's meet at the track. Let's meet at the park. We do our session at the park. That way you're getting in fitness in this hour that we're together, right? Those are things that I can do. We don't have to sit in a building on a comfy couch. Um, in this time, we're unable to do that. Um, however, we're still working virtually. And if somebody wanted to we FaceTime and I'm at the park in Atlanta and you at the park in Oakland. Uh, we can do that too. You know, it's, it's versatile. Mm -hmm. And that, and I'm glad you brought that up, that point up, you know, as far as the, the difference between diagnosing and coaching, you know, uh, because the biggest thing about that life coaching is letting people know it's already inside of you, you know, and then you just do the work to pull it out of them, you know? And so that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what made you even say I wanted to go into business? Because like I say, I know that you were doing uh, the dissertation and that kind of brought you up to this. And so how did you turn that learning uh, from the dissertation into the business? Like what made you say, you know what? I want to give this away. Yeah. OK, that's a good question. Um, at Grambling State University, I was a psychology major, a sociology minor. My objective was to become a child psychologist. However, uh, I was divinely placed on the path of education and I became an elementary school teacher. But from that time, my time at Grambling until now, over the last 16 or so years, I have been informally coaching people from financial advice to relationships with partners, relationships with their mothers, coaching folks on their jobs, I've been doing this work all informal this entire time. Um, through my collective with the girls, I always include parents. Um, I just have always done that. The way that I was a successful educator is because I always brought parents into my classroom. I was always uh, doing things to ensure that they understood that we were in this together. We're a village. We're a village of support around your children. And that's how I was able to be successful. My parents knew that I was there for their child. Those babies knew that I was there for them. So thinking about children and families, holistic well-being, that's just always been what I've done. And as I was working with girls, not only did I do my dissertation after that, I continue to have these small groups of girls in a variety of places. I did that work in Atlanta. I did it in Boston with 
ninth graders, seventh graders, fifth graders, and those were three separate groups. I did the, mm-hmm. a small iteration in Cape Town, South Africa. I did it in Athens, Georgia. I did it in Marietta. I did it. I did it in all of these places. And the feedback that I kept getting from the girls themselves, as well as their parents, or you know, whatever environment I was in, whether I was in the school or at a um, an outside agency doing the work. All of the feedback kept saying, this is so therapeutic. Mm -hmm. This is so therapeutic. There's no other. Girls will say, we don't have a space to just talk and be and reflect and think. And also, you need this, Mm -hmm. right? It's a place that's necessary. When parents are reaching out to me and they are not just talking about their daughter, now they're just talking to me about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we go from talking about her to now talking about you? There's something in this that's drawing you to me or me to you. So I decided to get the training in order to extend my reach and take this passion and purpose to do this work formally. Yes, yes. And how long have you been in business total? We've been in business total um, I over the last year. Yes, okay, well good, congratulations, man. On, on just, just working to change the culture. Yes, thank and you. So, no problem. Um, as a mental health professional in the African-American community, uh, do you see a rising trend in African-Americans seeking therapy during this time? Um, I do. I do. But I see it in black women. Mm-hmm. So black women are talking about our physical health, our mental health, our emotions. We're having more of those talks at brunch when we could go out to brunch. We're, we're t- I see women talking about this openly on social mm-hmm. media. We have and are normalizing seeing um, mental health care professionals and healthcare professionals of all kinds. We're sharing our experiences in the workforce as mothers, as partners. We're sharing our hair stories. You saw Ayanna Presley uh, came out and talk about alopecia. I've seen other women come out and talk about alopecia. We're talking about our battles with self-doubt. Many of us are doing the work. What I have seen less of is black men mm. publicly acknowledging the need for wellness in themselves mm-hmm. and in their brothers or that they're seeking support. Um, brothers, we need y'all well. We need you well for you. We need you well in and on your jobs. We need you well as partners and husbands. The largest number of domestic violence cases are black women. Mm-hmm. That's from their partners, mm-hmm. brothers. So we need you well. We need you well as fathers to discontinue, you know, intergenerational illnesses. So we need that. We need that in y'all. And I don't see that as much. Mm, And we need to to go to Mm. start normalizing and saying, I saw my therapist today and it was a great session. We need we need brothers who go to normalize it. Yes. Yes. We're thinking about once again what we've been going going through. Um, have you had anybody to reach out to you uh, that's needing a little extra help uh, or uptrend and things since this has been going on? Yes. Mm. Yes. So um, I have been consistently posting on social media. Um, I have a Monday motivational message. Mm-hmm. I have a Friday celebration. Like, man, we're getting it. If we make it through the week, you make it through the week, and you're still here above ground. Let's just take a moment, stop, reflect, breathe, and be thankful for something. You guys got to be something that you're grateful for, right? If it is it the roof over your head, is that your children are healthy, is that you didn't pull your hair out? It's got to be something 
that you're grateful for, right? Um, in addition to just consistently working to post inspiration and affirmation for those who follow me. And I've had women direct message me a variety of things um, from thank you, or I needed to hear this, or I had one woman who just all caps, I need help. Um, and so that's why I decided to, uh, you know, get on these social media platforms. If you, if you knew me personally, you know that I'm not the kind of person that likes to be in the limelight, right? Like I, it, I'm perfectly comfortable doing my work with girls, doing my work with women, and you don't have to know about it. Um, but it's a calling and it's something that I'm being drawn to do to help, right? Our collective well-being. And so here I am putting my face out there, putting these words out there. And if I help somebody in that, then that's amazing. And for women to contact me and say, thank you. Sometimes they just say, thank you. Okay, let's let's just keep, keep going. We're in this together. Yes. And, and that and things like that just show like even when you're uncomfortable, but you still just step out that box in the name of other people, how it still all works out. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, about 12 years ago, I started asking God to bless me to be a blessing. And I thought that that meant that he was going to add unto me. I wasn't praying for stuff. I wasn't praying for things. It wasn't a selfish prayer. I was asking to be blessed to be a blessing. But how I saw that was that he would give me whatever he wanted me to have in order to be able to give it away. Um, not knowing <laughs> that the whatever he wanted me to have was lessons. That the whatever he wanted me to have was lived experiences. To be able to help the wide scope of women that he was going to have come across my path or have me come across theirs to help the community, to help our community. So what happened next by this prayer was a stripping, a stripping of me. At the time um, that I started this prayer, I had purchased my own home. I was a few years into being a homeowner and I purchased my home in April. I was 24. I turned 25 the next month in May. So yay me. I had already graduated with my master's. Uh, I was an elementary school teacher. I was enrolled in the doc program. I had bought my car. I mean, bought myself the car, my dreams for Christmas, uh, which was a hard top convertible. Right. Um, but eventually in this stripping, so many things happened. And I remember I was talking to an older black woman one day and I don't remember what I said to her that made her ask me, you said you want to work with women and girls. I said, yeah. She said, well, do you think the life you lived before this hardship, before the trials and tribulation, do you think the life you were living before led itself to be able to guide the women that's going to come across your path? And I just had to sit with that. No, I don't think. Right. Could I help? Sure. But would I have had an understanding if I hadn't had to walk through the wilderness myself. Right. So in, in this stripping, so many things that happened. I had already lost my brother to homicide um, prior to the stripping. I lost my home to foreclosure during this stripping. Um, I had a loss of employment and income, which led me to use supports like food stamps and Medicaid and WIC because I became a mother. 
a single mother. Uh, I was in a terribly toxic relationship. I lost my grandmother, both my grandfathers and uncle. I lost a little cousin to suicide. I mean, so many things happened. And then I was broke. I was broke with a baby. So in order to understand myriad experiences, God needed me to experience. And so uh, that's that when you say that uncomfortable, he had to get me uncomfortable to understand how to help other women and girls be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the biggest thing about that is that simple difference between empathy and sympathy. You know, because it's, it's one thing to feel sorry for you because I know I'm supposed to be sad at this time, but it's another thing to really know what you've been through, and no. uh, and to be able to talk to you about it and say, "Well, I did this too." You know, right. that's the powerful part of it. That's the powerful part. All right, and so I know you have the the blogs, you got the publications. Uh, talk to me about the work that you're doing. Um, as far as like your blogs and how, getting the word out to people. Yeah. So while Beyond Life Coaching is dedicated to, you know, the holistic well-being of women and girls, when I decided that I was going to create a blog, I thought of that as community wellness. And sometimes when I talk to people, they think wellness, self-care, bubble bath. It's so much more than that to be well. My vlog on Wednesday, Wednesdays, when I dropped my vlogs, my vlog on Wednesday was about no more GoFundMe funerals. We need to start talking about having uh, life insurance policies, living wills, and last will and testaments, right? Because being well means that we think about what happens in the event of our demise. How are we leaving our families? Are we leaving them to have to bury us and then take care of our children and take care of our estate? Or That's wellness. Wellness is talking to our children about consent over their bodies. Wellness is, you know, unplugging. Wellness is thinking about our finances, our spirit, our emotions, and our, our, our mental. That's a collective thing. That's a community well-being. That's not just women and girls. That's everybody. We need to have some conversations. We need to have some hard truths. We need to have some dialogue. And instead of waiting for somebody to talk about the things that are necessary, I talk about it. So I encourage you to engage with me on Wednesdays for the vlog. Yes. And also, um, I know just being a doctoral student, you write, write, write and public and you do a publicate publicate. Is that the right word? Yes. So talk to me, talk to me about some of the, the writing and how does that process look for you? And what are some of the publications you have? Um, (laughs) (laughs) All of the publications that I have center black girls, critical media literacy and identity. Um, So as I continue to work with four and alongside black girls and other girls of color, I listen to them and respect them as experts of their own experiences. Um, And as I'm listening and learning, I hear what they say about what's happening at school. I hear what they say about what's happening at home, who is for and who they feel is against them. And on any platform that I have the mic, I make sure that their stories are heard. And so that's true of my scholarship, my writings. When I'm asked to write, I'm being given the mic. And so I write out of a way to decenter my voice and allow the girls who I've been working with their voices to be heard. What do they what is it that they want to say? Mm-hmm. And that's what I write around. I, I read and consenter the scholarship around what it is the girls are saying because mm-hmm. they have things that they need to communicate that we need to listen to. Yes, yes. 
And so what's next for Beyond Life Coaching? What's next? Um, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like going through the list in my mind. It's like a scroll yeah. of things. Um, continuing to support women and girls as I develop partnerships. Mm-hmm. And Branches of Beyond is a business that focuses on our community, our collective well-being is very important to me. We aren't well unless we're all well. So I have plenty things in store. And as they roll out, I'll just have to come back and tell you all about them. Hey, well, you know, you <laughs> are definitely welcome to come back and do that anytime. Let's anytime. go. Let's go. All right. And so now before before we close it out, I, I always like to give. Uh, words of wisdom or encouragement and so for you I I don't know if this is I want to do something different so if you could think about the top um, maybe one of the top reasons uh, women of color reach out to you and maybe there's someone dealing with that specific reason now uh, and would you be able to think of that and just talk to that that reason specifically and give a little something of that to that person you know I think the this is good I think the most difficult thing at this time is the way people are being impacted um, by solitude Mm. And the thing about depression is it doesn't matter how many people are around you to feel isolated, which is made much worse when we are sheltering in place, which is made much worse when what we know is normal. It has been totally and completely disrupted. Um, And our homes look different. Some people are sheltering in place in in a loving environment. And some people are sheltering in place with somebody that they wish could pack up and leave today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so if you're a single parent, what does that look like when you don't mm-hmm. have physical or financial support and you're tired and you're tired and it's 24 hours a day? It just keeps going and going and going. Um, if you aren't income secure or you're losing income security as time goes on, you know, or job jobs are having conversations about budget cuts or furloughs. And so those are conversations that I'm hearing more and more from clients that I'm hearing more and more in my own social groups. Mm -hmm. These are things that we're going to have to be considerate about. And so I think what's going to be most necessary is that we operate in grace Mm -hmm. for ourselves, for others and for our children. There is no one way to feel or be or do during this pandemic. So whether you find yourself overfunctioning, which is busying yourself, some people are like I clean my house from top to bottom every day. That's that's an overfunction, right? Mm-hmm. They just I don't know what to do. Or if you find yourself underfunctioning, which is slowing down, internalizing. People were like I've taken four naps today. That's underfunctioning or fluctuating between the two. Today, you clean your house from top to bottom, and tomorrow, you can't pull yourself out the bed. Those are still very valid ways to cope with the state of the world. We are going through something that we just have never experienced before. We've never done this. So on days that you are functioning or over-functioning or under-functioning, have grace with yourself. 
because you're doing the absolute best that you can. And on days that you're over functioning, that you have all that energy, reach out to your friends and your loved ones, because that may be a day that they're under functioning and they need that extra support. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to have to operate with grace with the babies. Even if your baby is 16, we gonna have to operate with grace with babies. Mm-hmm. This is hard on me. <laughs> this is hard on us as mm-hmm. adults. Okay. Yeah. So we have to know that it's hard on them. And they might not have the emotional literacy. They may not have the ability to understand and express their feelings mm-hmm. to say, I'm feeling anxious. We could say that. To say, I'm feeling depressed. We could say that. So what that looks like could be different. But that might mean they're whining more, they're crying. People, oh, like, he's been crying all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's tired. He's maybe they stomping their feet around and that's not what you're used to them doing. Mom, dad, auntie, uncle, whomever. Um, they don't want to get out the bed. You say, let's go outside. No, it's okay. They are feeling it, but they don't have the mm-hmm. words to say. We got to give them grace. It's not normal. They used to being around their friends. They used yeah. to going to wherever you used to go in. They aren't in their extracurricular activity. They ain't out playing football and basketball and soccer. They aren't doing those things, kicking it at the mall. They aren't doing it. So, you know, even if they and maybe you and then you got an attitude, you got an attitude because you're tired. They tired. We got to operate with some grace. And it may be demonstrating that emotional literacy by talking with them. It's okay to say, I need a moment. Maybe set a timer, put it in the hallway in the bedroom, but, you know, in, in the hallway between the bedrooms. When that timer goes off after 30, 45 minutes, an hour, everyone knows when that timer goes off, we're going to come back out and be together. But right now I need a moment. Mm-hmm. And if it's not an emergency, don't knock on this door. Don't sit by this door. Don't slide me notes under the door. Kendrick knows before we started this interview, my son slid me a note under the door. You know, they want to they want to be around you because yeah. they need it sometime. They need that extra. So we're just going to have to operate in grace mm-hmm. with ourselves and uh, find support, find support, find support, find support, find your village, find your village. And find a mental health care professional that will support you during this time. If it's not me, reach out to folks. See who they go to. Who is their therapist? Who is their coach? And if there's anything that I'm saying that's resonating with you and you want the support, then go to my website, which is beyondwellcoach.com. You can sign up for a free consultation. uh, And we'll talk through next steps. You don't have to go through this in complete isolation. We are confined but we should stay connected. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Powerful. Powerful. That, that was, that's it. You know, as an administrator, you think about that grace. I remember when this first started and there were all those plenty videos of the parent getting angry with the kid. You know, I thought it was sick sort of the baby messing up. But, you know, that's really a reality. And some people are really losing it. You know, with the kids and not doing that grace. And so uh, for you to just talk about that as that is my reality on a daily basis, I sure appreciate those words. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Collective. Yes. Yes, I agree. So before we go, one last time, can you give them all the contact information? Oh, okay. Yes. So you can contact me, uh, you can go to my website, which is beyondwellcoach.com. You can find me on Facebook at Beyond Well Coach, Instagram at Beyond Well Coach, Twitter at Beyond Well Coach. I am Dr. Mac, the Beyond Well Coach, and you can find me under Beyond Well Coach on any platform. 
All right. I sure appreciate that, Dr. Mack. Thank you for that time today. Thank you. I, I enjoy being here with you. All right. This is KT for KTTV signing out. 100.